but I do believe that there are plenty of people who, um, who just want to be respected and feel loved. And that's like also why we wrote this, this book is like, what if love is the point? Like at the end of the day, it all comes back to when you show love, regardless of your differences, that really breaks barriers and boundaries and like the division that's out there. Like love really solves that. Thank you for tuning in to Trevor Talks Podcast, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. Today's guest is a powerhouse actress, YouTuber, blogger, mother, and now an author, which is a mouthful to say, and she's a lot cooler than I am, so we'll just get that right off the bus there. You probably know her from starring in roles in Spy Kids, Twister, and she's now residing as the queen of the Hallmark Channel. Her and her husband have a brand new book on the way titled, What If Love Is The Point? Living for Jesus in a Self-Consumed World. And I don't know if you guys are ready for this. I don't know if I'm ready for this, but we're just going to go for it anyway. Please help me welcome Miss Alexa Penavega. Alexa, welcome. (laughs) Can I just tell you, I have never had an intro like that. You just made me sound way cooler than I actually am. But I will take it because I'm a mom of three now, so I need all the cool points that I could get. Well, you got cool points with me when I was doing research for this and found a video that you and your husband did where your baby had just literally defecated all over himself. And you're just like, he's like, don't freak out. And you're like, what? Yes, yes, that did happen recently. Yeah, and that's a vulnerability. Everybody needs to see this stuff, no matter how ew it may seem. Like it was funny. So thank you for providing great content for me to get kicks and giggles out of. Parenting is the most humbling thing you will experience in your life. They don't care who you are or what you do. You are their servant. Well, (laughs) that's usually how it goes with kids, and I haven't had that experience yet. But I was just with some friends yesterday and they have an uh, I guess he's about to be a year old which is crazy and I was just hearing all the stories of raising a child and being a first-time parent and I'm like you know what that that that'll be the life for me one day but you're living it times three so with <laughs> going the thick from, of it. yeah into the thick of it into the thick of it <laughs> like with having three kids and keeping up with this schedule like I said you have your first book coming out and it'll be out by the time this episode airs you're maintaining an acting career you have the YouTube channel you're blogging you're doing all of these things where do you find time and sanity for all this on top of raising three children you uh are asking the question we ask ourselves daily <laughs> no, no you know what um we have really This is going to sound maybe a little corny, but we really feel like the last five years, God has really helped us with foundation building in our family and in our lives. And it was all leading up for the season that we're entering right now. This is the busiest season we've ever been in. Um, And it was literally like he had been just molding us over these last five years. Like we know that God molds us all the time. And when like, we surrender to him. Like he will just totally operate fully in your life. But like with the scenarios that we've recently gone through or like not recently, but like over the last five years have gone through the circumstances, all sorts of things. It was like small scale compared to what we're about to be catapulted into. And we just had this revelation of like, wow, 
we have been almost like, not in a creepy way, but like in a great way, groomed for what we are about to do right now. And we just feel a lot of peace and grace, even though we know it's a crazy season, it's filled with peace. Well, it's getting crazier. Your husband is about to hop on a tour bus with all of you for a 40 city tour. Yes. And the book is co-authored by the both of you. So we get one half of the Pena Vegas today, which I'm super excited and thrilled about. No offense to Carlos, but we get to dive into your story. (laughs) I love it. I I just love it. So tell us a little bit about this tour he's going to jump on. And then I want to dive into the message of the book and what's going on in your life. Great. Okay. So Carlos used to be on a TV show on Nickelodeon called um, Big Time Rush. And it was also a very successful boy band back in the day. The show ended and they all took a break. And I think enough time has passed where they were like, you know what, let's just, let's just go for it again. We love making music. We love performing. Um, It took years to make it all happen just because like the rights were owned by Nickelodeon and all sorts of things, but they finally worked out a deal to where they could make new music again and go on tour. Um, So it all happened to be at the same time that like God brought us this book opportunity. So it's all happening within the same month, which is kind of wild. Um, They start their tour June 21st and our book comes out. Oh, we know June 23rd is their first show and our book comes out June 28th. So it's been a roller coaster of a ride, but it's really exciting and their new music is pretty awesome. Well, I'm excited for fans to get to hear it. And as you said, big time rush, I'm like, I think the theme song popped in my head, like, gonna make it big time. Yes, I, yes. I didn't even remember that until now. So praise God. Like, so that's gonna be funny. so awesome. Like, it, it an is. arena tour, you're gonna have all the kids out with you, like we were talking about before we started oh recording. Oh my gosh. How does it feel? Like, it's gonna be like a big camping trip for them, except it there's is. Well, arenas, dressing rooms, catering. Not normal. It's 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 glamping. It's very much glamping. Well, you saw you saw the video where my child pooped all over the boat. So um, I don't know if you could tell, but what where she was actually sitting, we were on a boat. So we live on a boat whenever we're not at home um, on the island. So uh, for us, we're used to smaller quarters. We're used to that smaller space. Uh, the kids are really good about it. So being on a tour bus will kind of be like being on the boat, except the tour bus is definitely bougie. It's like a band bus. So (laughs) we have nothing to complain about. But what I am most excited for is our kids have only ever known daddy as dad. Like he's the guy who mows the lawn, who fixes sprinklers, who uh, helps, like who paints the house. Like Carlos is such a handyman at home that they don't know this side to daddy. And he was rehearsing uh, with all the boys, uh, the big time rush boys. And I brought the kids into rehearsal and I watched Ocean completely change. He was he walked in and he saw Carlos dancing and singing and his face just froze and his jaw just like dropped, like his mouth was wide open. And the second Carlos was done singing, he ran up to him and hugged him and said, I'm so proud of you, daddy. And we were just like, we had no idea that that would be his reaction, but it was as if he discovered a superhero that happened to be his dad. It was just the coolest thing to see as a mom and just filled my heart. So I can't wait for them to actually see him perform for real, not even a rehearsal, but like a real performance. Well, that's a beautiful story to hear, especially like at the beginning of the book, I was so intrigued with the fact that you opened up with Carlos story um, of getting into acting and big time rush, like hearing how he moved to LA. He didn't get the roles that he wanted. He got in trouble for his grades or something. And then his mom (laughs) moved back and then he figured out he got hired for big time rush. Like 
I had never heard the backstory for Carlos, which was super encouraging. And it's such an awesome way to start the book and really grab someone's attention. So amazing job on that point. But it's funny to me personally how this interview is so full circle, like not only for me, but most likely a lot of our listeners as well, simply because we grew up with you and Carlos, like the music video you did for, I think it was Spy Kids 2, or no, it was Game of Like the whole, I don't know if it'd be Italian vibe or whatever the guitars were. Like it was just so Latin. It was so Hispanic. Yeah. And that was stuck in my head for years. Like I loved like, Oh, oh she's going to, Carmen's going to have a song on this one and this and that. And it's so funny to sit down and have a conversation now because my <laughs> favorite movie of all time is Twister. Number one, oh, no way. tornadoes. Like I want to go to Oklahoma and go storm chasing. So if there are any storm chasers listening, oh, hit wow. me up. I'll literally hop on a plane tomorrow. I don't care. Oh my God. But I also grew up watching spy kids so this is so interesting and just full circle so thank you for taking time to do this oh, heck yeah of course like we grew up with you and like even in machete kills like we got to see a different side of you but we've got to see you like go through the motions and experience life as a whole and in yep. entertainment one thing a lot of people don't realize is even from the podcasting circuit when you do something you're putting yourself out there for critique you're putting oh. yourself out there with a lot of vulnerabilities sure. and sometimes you have to trial and error so like growing up as a child star no matter how cringy that sounds because it does get a bad rep <laughs> yeah, um for with sure. about child stars taking a veer left no pun intended um <laughs> and such like it had to be different for you, but you've been able to maintain yourself in a manner that is not only honoring God, but it's setting a great example for your children and children and young adults all over the world. So what are some of the things that have happened in your life that have led you to the success that you're in today? Like not only in the public's eyes, but God's eyes. Oh, wow. Well, that's a, that's an awesome question. Um, the number one thing would be grace because I definitely have fallen short so many times, like there's, there's just so much that I really did learn along the way, uh, and had to learn the hard way. Um, so something I talk about in the book is like, I, while I didn't fall into like the drugs and alcohol side of like what the, um, child starlets or whatever fall into, I did fall into an eating disorder, a really, really bad one that I had for years. And it was just this deep, deep, dark secret that I was so ashamed of, so afraid of anybody finding out that I lived in this prison of secrecy and I was just so trapped in that. Um, and then, you know, just also discovering career wise, like God, like I love movies. I love being a part of the entertainment industry, but what does that look like now that I'm diving deeper with you? And now that I really want to represent the kingdom, like, does that mean I can't take certain roles? Does that mean I can only do Christian roles? So like what I've learned over these years, one was like God totally restored me and pulled me out of the disordered eating that I went through. And that was a miracle in itself and a whole story, which I can go into if you want me to, but uh, there was that. Um, uh, and then there was the conviction of like, Hey, look, I want you to be a storyteller. Like I gave you this gift, um, but I want you to choose wisely as to the story you're telling, like, are you, um, you don't have to say Jesus in every movie you do, but are you honoring people in this role? Like, are you going to either cause 
you know, more damage, more harm than good, or is this going to actually be good for somebody's heart? So I really had to look at each character because it doesn't mean you can't play like a drug addict or, you know, an, an abusive mother or whatever it might be, but what's the redemption is in it? What's the point? Like, how does it end? Because a lot of times nowadays, like movies are just going there to go there. They're pushing these boundaries that are so unnecessary and it really doesn't do anything for the story. Uh, it actually takes away from the storytelling I've found. So I've been very fortunate um, that God has like really um, just covered us in the season that we're in. But I do feel like we're about to enter a new season. There are a couple of amazing projects that are just um, on the horizon that I'm excited to share with everybody, but that we're not allowed to announce yet. Um, but it definitely portrays some of the stuff that I'm talking about. But it's basically making worldly content, but from a kingdom heart. So it's for the world, but it's like covertly kingdom hearted. <laughs> Oh, I love that so much. And keeping your head on as a conservative in Hollywood sounds like a headache or a headache for the correct gamer. Um, That has to be interesting all in its own, especially being outspokenly conservative. We've talked to Missy Robertson of Duck Dynasty and then John Cooper about similar stuff. But this is the first interview we've had with someone being like, not even as politically charged. I, I wouldn't say politically charged, just conservative, having conservative morals yeah, and operating in and, Hollywood. Yeah. So like yeah. having that sustained in your children and having all of these roles happening for you in Hollywood, it has to be unique and you have to have a lot of unique conversations with people of um, the different sides of the spectrum. Have you found that to be challenging at all? Or is it something that you just feel as if, Hey, this is my moral obligation. I would love to share my beliefs with you, but I'm not going to judge you for yours. I think because I don't, I don't believe I've ever been disrespectful of other people's beliefs. Um, That doesn't mean that people who don't know me don't talk trash on social media and say the things that they say, but I've never been anything other than me. And I've always been very honest. Like the one thing we try to do on social media is, just be super vulnerable to show people the ups and the downs um, and the just raw living for Jesus and what that looks like. Um, So I think because we've just always been very real and not aggressively attacking anybody, but just talking about what our beliefs are, we've been for the most part really respected on that. And, and it's funny because like our teams um, that we work with on a day-to-day basis we have completely opposing views. I mean, you're talking like atheists uh, who are like pro-choice, like everything that we're actually like that we that we don't promote, they are, <laughs> right? But it's funny because we have this beautiful balance that we like work in harmony and the conversations that we have, especially, especially when like the world was kind of going really, really crazy and there was so much division. I remember... Um, one of our team members called me and she was like, I just want to say, I love you guys. And I know we have totally opposing views on so many things, but I just have such a respect for you. And that'll never go away because I know your hearts and I know you really care about people. And it meant so much to me to hear that because also at the time, like we were getting totally thrown under the bus on social media and we just, we didn't do anything. Like it wasn't like we said anything. We were just continuing to be exactly what we've been all of these years. Um, but suddenly it was attacked. Um, so her saying that was just kind of nice. Cause it was such a reminder of at the end of the day, it comes down to, I think like the human heart 
And for us, like we just want kingdom hearts and however we represent the kingdom, like that's what's most important to us, whether it's popular or not. Um, but I do believe that there are plenty of people who, um, who just want to be respected and feel loved. And that's like also why we wrote this, this book is like, what if love is the point? Like at the end of the day, it all comes back to when you show love, regardless of your differences, that really breaks barriers and boundaries and like the division that's out there. Like love really solves that. Yeah. And when it comes to the creative aspect of what you do with YouTube and acting, blogging, and now writing a book, how were you able to differentiate like, okay, this needs to be a video, but wait, this needs to be a book. Like (laughs) what if love is the point? Right. Okay. So years ago, uh, right after we first got married, we knew we wanted to write a book. God had already done so much in our lives that we were like, we have to talk about this. And also it was a time. And I think we're still in that time where like people don't get married as often anymore. And that marriage looks like something that this, it's like a weight on your life as opposed to this holy place that you get to live in. Um, so we just really wanted to shine a light on marriage. So we came up with this one sheet and it was called What's the Point? And at the time we were, and we talk about this in the book, like we experienced living in this house from hell where like it flooded. Uh, one thing after another was happening. And and I'm not, I don't use that word. That's like a literal, it was like from the devil. <laughs> like We had to pray over the house. It was a mess. Um, so for us, we, we just learned so much in all of these seasons. And every time we came against something that was difficult, we were like, okay, God, what's the point? What are you trying to teach us here? Even in like our successes, we were like, okay, what's the point? You're giving us this like abundance right now. What's the point? What are we supposed to do with it? So it was just a question that we kept coming back to on a daily basis. Um, And we were just like, we want to write a book about this. And we didn't want to push it though. We didn't want to force it. We knew it would all come out in God's timing. So our prayer was just, God, when you want us to write a book, we're ready. And normally you have to shop ideas around among like amongst different um, editors or different um, book companies, right? No, like for us, we went the backwards route. A book company approached us, Thomas Nelson, and they were like, hey, we want you guys to write a book. And we were like, funny you say that because <laughs> we have years of testimonies that we would love to share. That is phenomenal. And with that being said, like when it came to actually piecing this together and crafting the story that you share in the book oh, and boy. all the stories as a collective, was that hard for you? Because I've sat down and tried to collect thoughts and to like, oh, maybe this is a book or maybe this is a chapter for a book. And I'm like, ooh, like, yeah. we're going to need an editor times 10 for this. Yeah. So, so let me say this. We wrote a book. Okay, great. Thank God for this amazing angel, Margot Starbuck, who went alongside with us in this journey because she really, we had so many thoughts, like you said, and like, Oh, this story. And then like trying to remember everything. She was just navigating us and steering us and like, Hey, this is really good. Let's go down this path. And she has an ear for it. She knows what to look for. So we actually would get on the phone with Margot and it was like these long therapy sessions. Cause if you don't, like, we don't think about this stuff on a daily, you know, you go about your life, but really having a deep dive into stuff, history, like especially personal family history, stuff that we had mm-hmm. gone through when we were younger, stuff that we just didn't think about for years. 
um, it was actually very therapeutic and healing to have to kind of bring all this back up and, and jump into and very revealing going, Oh my gosh, God, I know you've always been in my life, but you were really like right there. Like just what we unveiled throughout this book writing process was really, really wild. Um, but super praising Margot Starbuck because she helped navigate and make this book what it was. Cause in the beginning, it was just about a bunch of thoughts and ideas and she helped us mold it into an actual book. I love that. And shout out to Margot Starbuck. I yeah. love that name. That's unique. Isn't it a, like, that's such Starbuck. a wild, cool name. <laughs> like, yeah, girl. Go ahead with it. You got that <laughs> name right there. She really does. Which is awesome. And when you write a book with somebody, like that becomes your lifelong friend at that point. For like, sure. I've a lot of friends that have written books 100%. with editors and such, and they like come over for dinner, all this other stuff. And it's like, you get on that level with somebody and they know everything about you. They, they know everything about you. The everything. stuff that didn't make the book and the stuff that's in the book. Like There's yeah. plenty that did not make the book. <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yep. So. If anybody needs some dirt on, never mind. Just I'm call sure. Margo if you need dirt. <laughs> she knows it all. No, but I'm really curious to hear like pre spy kids and everything. Mm -hmm. Like your story as a whole, like we've talked about Carlos story. We've talked about the book. I really want to hear your deep dive into how <clears> you became <throat> the woman that you are today. And it's so interesting to think about like Twister, you were just a little nugget and yeah. then spy kids like, you had already been in Twister, but that wasn't like the earth shattering career move for you yet. Like it was a huge film, but you, you really broke through with spy kids and yeah. fame doesn't happen overnight, nor um, do I get the vibe that it's affected you negatively at this point. And if it has, you've steered clear from it and I commend you for that. But what's the story behind Alexa Penavega? <laughs> okay. The story. Um, you know, I, ever since I was little, I loved entertaining people. I loved being able to make people laugh and smile. And that was so exciting when somebody would laugh at something that I did or smile after like a performance. So you could tell I was, I, I was, I don't know, I might've been really annoying or a ham, but still it was, <laughs> it was within me early, early on. Um, so when my mom allowed me to pursue that, it was a dream come true because I really knew what I wanted to do from a very, very young age. Uh, and then God really had his hand in everything. I was so blessed with the career that I had before Spy Kids. Like, I, I really was able to do a whole, whole bunch. Um, and then when Spy Kids came along, we didn't have social media back then. We didn't have this form of communication that we do right now. And that was the biggest blessing ever because when we made Spy Kids, we didn't know, like, we just thought, okay, it's just another movie. And I know that might sound like weird saying just another movie, but for, for me, it, it was work. Like I show up to work, I do my job on set, and then I get to go back and either go to school or go back home and play with my sisters. There wasn't this like idea or thought that like, I'm an actress. It was just like, yeah, I just do this for fun. It was like playing dress up. Literally, that is the best way I can explain it. Um, so then when Spy Kids had the success that it did, we were still so protected because we didn't have this social media aspect of like followers or likes or people commenting. Like it was just articles that were written. And I remember um, Spy Kids 2 had come out and we were doing the press junket. And right next door of the press junket, they had the triple X press junket with Vin Diesel. 
And Vin Diesel walks out and, you know, we love Fast and the Furious. Uh, this is the new Vin Diesel movie. And we're just like, oh, that's Vin Diesel. And he came over and he was the nicest guy and just like so loved on us, told us that we were the coolest kids ever. And I remember just being like in awe, like just shocked that Vin Diesel was telling us that we're cool. And then the next morning, a New York Times article came out about Spy Kids saying, uh, well, it literally said, Forget Vin Diesel for my money. I want to go see Alexa Vega in Spy Kids. And I remember being so conflicted because it was the coolest article where I'm like, they said that about me, but also like, but he's the nicest guy. I hope his feelings aren't hurt. Like, you know, just being so conflicted with the article. But like, that was the extent of stardom for us. There were red carpets and whatnot, but like we just had such like tight knit families that, and I just saw Daryl yesterday. I haven't seen him in six years and he played my little brother, Junie. Um, and, and I saw him yesterday. He turned 30 yesterday and we were just both like, what a wild ride. And thank God we didn't have social media because we were just kids on set. And whenever we weren't filming, we were playing or break dancing or, uh, beating each other up. Like we just had the best (laughs) time on these sets. And it just makes me sad because I don't see a world where we get to go back to that wholesome time, especially for kids. I'm just like, Oh, kid actors already have it rough. Uh, I mean, we didn't, but I know a lot of other ones did. And I'm just like, I wish you had that kind of safe space. Well, you guys had a great brother sister dynamic on camera, so I it, it was very real. We yeah, like loved each other too. and wanted to kill each other on a daily basis. <laughs> well, it's funny because I just saw him. I guess like a month or two ago, him and his wife Megan were on Tiger Belly and Whitney Cummings podcast, and I was like, "Dude, married a pop star." He and did. Like, we both married pop stars. <laughs> <laughs> you are so much alike. I and know. It's so awesome to watch. So, like, another like full circle thing is like when I got the request for like this interview, I was like, "How I'm getting this email? Like, y'all <laughs> must think you're talking to somebody else. Like, this is awesome." <laughs> so, like, I see so much amazing fruit coming out of what you are doing. Like, not only Aww. with Carlos, but just in general with providing people with encouragement, with love, and just being a light in this dark world. Like, thank you so much for doing what you do. Thank you. And for providing, That's so encouraging. Thank you so yeah, much. Like, uh, providing this book to just not only map out your stories and what God's done in your life, but share your faith. So I'm curious to know, how old were you when faith came into the equation? So it was really cool. When I was young, my mom was like really diving in, I guess, and going to Bible studies and and just different things. Um, So she really instilled that love for Jesus early on. Um, Unfortunately, as we got older, uh, she kind of like faded away from that. And not that she doesn't like believe in Jesus or God, like she still has a heart for for God, Um, but she doesn't, um, we just stopped going to, to church or to any sort of Bible study or anything. So when I was 13, we really just completely stopped. And I don't think it was on purpose. It just became, you know, there, there were so many kids. It just happened. Like it was a very overwhelming thing. Um, but God kept calling my heart. Like I just knew he was my safe place. I knew 
that he was like this constant peace in my life. So I just kept pursuing him. I would journal to him. I would try to read the Bible. The version of the Bible I had was only King James and I did not understand one bit of it, but I did my best, but I would read it and just be like this. I don't get it. (laughs) Um, But I would just pray like that I understood it. And it's interesting now to like go back and look at some of these journal entries because I forgot how deeply I really did love him when I was a child without understanding why I even loved him. Right. And then I got older, I got married and I married somebody who didn't know God. And not that I stopped pursuing God, but it just didn't become the number one thing in my life. Uh, So when we did get a divorce, I realized I was like, I need your peace. And I don't want to keep living for myself or filling myself up with all these different like things that I think will fill the void. I just want to go right to the source. Um, so that's when I had been, I had kept being bugged by my friend, Andrew over and over and over again, please come to Bible study. I have a Bible study every Thursday. Like he had been doing this for years. Okay. It was a Bible study out of this house. And finally I happened to be in town one of these Thursdays and I was like, yes, I will go to your Bible study. Um, I'm ready to dive in. And I showed up and of course, the first person I meet there is my now husband, Carlos. <laughs> what a God thing. What a God it's thing. such a God thing. It's <laughs> wild. You walk in and you meet your now husband. Yeah. Well, there's so many of these stories that we could go on for hours. We but do have this- a little bit longer, oh, FYI. Awesome. Awesome. We were given an extra little bit. So awesome. Well, that is amazing. I love it. But mapping into like you, what is... How ironic that you meet your husband first when you go to a Bible study. Like you finally go, you're like, fine, I'll go. And then fine. Dang, oh my dude, gosh. you must be in a boy band. Or <laughs> but hold on. It was not even like that. That this is what's great. Okay, so um I was on my way. So Carlos had also just discovered Jesus like the week before. And he wanted to dive in. I know the timing. So he wanted to dive in. So literally he encounters Jesus at church on Sunday, like the first time he's been to church since he was a kid. And, and Andrew, and he went with our friend, Andrew, mutual friend, but we'd never met each other. Um, and Andrew was like, why don't you come with me to Bible study on Thursday? I, I teach a Bible study and you should come. So Carlos is like, all right, yeah, I'm in. I just want more Jesus. I love Jesus. Um, also his ex-girlfriend was going to be there. So he was like, I'm going to try to win her back because I'm now on a path that is worthy of like this. So I'm on my way to Bible study. And as I turn in, he's in a gated community. As I turn into the gated community, I realize I'm in the wrong place. And I go to back up and I pop my tires. And I now am like stuck. I have these flat tires and I can't get into the community. So I'm texting Andrew. He's like, I'm going to call it like, I'll call triple um, we We still have Bible study right now. So I'll help you. Like as soon as it's over. So I'm just sitting there with my sister and, um, and we're waiting. Oh wait, no, was she there? No, it's just me. Sorry. This is a different (laughs) time. Um, but, um, so I'm just sitting there and triple a comes and they're helping me out. Then Andrew comes and he picks me up while they like take my car and he brings me back. Now the whole time in Bible study, Carlos is giving his testimony. So I missed this whole testimony, which included how, He would love to get back with his ex-girlfriend who's right there and how he's living a better life now. So like they're talking, they're like having conversations in this Bible study that I missed. I don't know why my tire, like 
the, I've never experienced that before, but that happened. Um, so I arrive for fellowship after Bible study. And right when I walk in, I see this guy sitting on a counter, which is Carlos. Um, and I just like wave just cause everybody's saying hi, but he jumps down from the counter and just beelines right towards me. He's like, Hey, my name is Carlos. And I was like, hi, I'm Alexa. But like, just totally like, okay, cool. Bye. Because I was not interested in meeting anybody. I had just gone through a divorce. I was here to just like learn about Christianity, about what it means to fellowship, have a community. I wanted to find people who loved Jesus. I did not want a relationship. So Carlos, from his point of view was, he just knew from like the moment he saw me, like, that was his wife. Even after the experience that he had <laughs> telling like his old testimony and everything. So uh, we have very different experiences because then for the next, I don't know, like month or two, I just friend zoned him hard. We would hang out all the time, but we were just friends and nothing more. Dude, I'm the king of the friend zone. So I feel for him. I'm like, sorry. I know it was, it was gnarly. I was totally friend zoning him. But you know what? We hung out by going to Bible study uh, together, to church together, really growing in our faith and building that foundation. Like our whole relationship is really rooted in the in the Word in God. Wow! And isn't it quite hilarious that you went from Vega to Pena Vega? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So he's Pena. He's Pena. Okay. Yeah. So we we both come from kooky families, and we okay. knew that we had like wild upbringings that were like, why don't we start fresh? But we don't want to like get rid of our names. We both have this career going for us where people know that like you're Carlos Pena, I'm Alexa Vega. And we're like, how good does Pena Vega sound? Like that sounds pretty cool. It sounds cool. (laughs) So we're like, like like, instead of hyphenating it, let's just make it one word and see if that works. And, And once you have your marriage cert, you can really change everything. So once we got that stamp of approval, we changed everything else, all the other documents. And now your kids have the dopest last name on the planet. They do. They really do. <laughs> I got lucky with that. They I'm did. T- but I want to circle back to what you were talking about with your eating disorder and yeah. kind of like segue in to close out. I always like to provide a call to action, like yeah. base question for our guests to hopefully bring some encouragement and light to someone yes. else that might be struggling. So with mental health and even eating disorders, yeah. like, as a whole, being so widely spread in not only the US, but all over the world. Mm-hmm. If there's someone out there that's feeling stuck in their symptoms, whether it's an eating disorder, toxic relationship, anxiety, depression, or even just feeling stuck in a rut, what would the message be from Alexa Penavega? My message would be two things. One, tell somebody because the more and more I would talk about it and talked about it, the more free from it I became. Even though I, God like fully gave me the miracle of like healing me from my eating disorder. Years after it, I was still so afraid to talk about it because I didn't want anybody to know me as that. But then I started talking about it and realized that I had all this freedom coming out and this peace that was just being released into my life by just the enemy, not having that stronghold over me of like, don't tell anybody. They're only going to see you as a girl who had bulimia. So talk about it, tell people, um, allow your family members to be aware of what's going on in your life. Because the more you, you talk about it, it's you're freeing yourself from it. Okay. So talk about it. Um, and then the second thing would be the thing that really changed me. And that was the armor of God. Um, 
I had this awesome shield of faith throughout my whole life, but I never understood the word of God until I got older. And the word is your sword. That is how you defeat your enemy. And it literally says like helmet of salvation, your shield of faith, your sword, which is your word of God. So if you want to defeat the enemies in your life, the things that have stronghold over you, whether it's your depression, whether it's your eating disorder, whatever it may be, get into the word and speak the word over your life because that's how you defeat the enemy. Man, Alexa Penavega, everybody. Her and her husband, Carlos, have their new book, What If Love is the Point? Living for Jesus in a Self-Consumed World is available everywhere. And you know what else is available everywhere? The After Show with Trevor and Brian. Brian, welcome Uh, back. What's going on, man? It's good to see you. It's good to see your face. It's almost like I saw it in person yesterday. And (laughs) when I recorded this interview, I was sitting where you're sitting. And so now we're just here again. It's like a, it's like a, some kind of multi Yeah. Something like, (laughs) well, it's, uh, it's been quite the week. Um, most uh, nobody knows really, except for like our core circle, we're all getting over the Rona. So (laughs) praise God for that. In one from the whole family. It was it was definitely <laughs> quite the cycle there, and I'm just glad that I don't have it anymore. And it feels good to be back in Georgia too. Like Chattanooga's dope, but there's nothing like home. And um, yeah, that's, that's that's period. There's, that's period. That's period. Full stop. Full stop. Period. Period, Brian. Just period. <laughs> but dude, this interview was just full circle. Alexa Penavega, I grew up loving the movie Twister, and then Spy Kids was like a family favorite for my whole family and basically my whole generation. That was like Alexa's uh, catapult to success, you could say. Um, have you I ever think, seen Spy Kids? Uh, I've seen it a long time ago, but my, you know, the the most memorable one would be Twister because yeah. that's like an iconic movie. I don't know anybody who doesn't like Twister. And there was a lot of great acting in that, plus a lot of great actors, some that are no longer with us. But it was an epic, epic movie. It was an epic movie. And to this day, because of Twister, I want to go tornado chasing. And it hasn't happened yet, except for last year on the way to Nashville to be with you guys. We did encounter that tornado, which was sick, but like, I don't know, man. I just want to see a gnarly up close tornado like out in the country away from neighborhoods you know yeah like i just want to see it and um that reminds me of a line in twister i want to see it i want to say it like she's going nuts (laughs) and um alexa's part in that was uh pretty short at the beginning where her uh dog got left in the house or something after the dad and the mom got her in there she's like joey 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 and then like her dad just like flies away and off yeah so praise god for that uh, we both grew up. We're both uh, weather nerds. Um, yeah. I wanted to be a meteorologist when I got older at one point. Most kids are like, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a police officer, mm-hmm. play an NBA, play football. Now, meteorologist right here and right yep. there. So I wanted to be a meteorologist, tornado chaser, <laughs> a news anchor at one point, yeah. Elvis at one point. <laughs> yeah, like I just had all of these aspirations to do things on camera and – here we are. <laughs> well, for people that are camera. listening, we're on camera though. We're well, <laughs> we we're are listening, but we are on camera. You can check it out on Spotify. Is it on Spotify on camera? No, no. we're only doing the YouTube thing for a video. That's right, that's right. 
Sorry about There's that. There's a there no no shade on anchor or anything, but uh, <laughs> the host that we're using for the pod right now is uh, pristine for everything we need it to do uh, for finding new listeners and connecting with our audience. So we're gonna stick with them, but. Yeah, Twister is phenomenal. Spy Kids is phenomenal. My favorite line that I remember from Spy Kids is when Alexa goes to her parents, who are spies at the time, before they became Spy Kids. It's like, you guys can't be spies. You're not cool enough. And I'm like, (laughs) dude, that's rude. Wasn't like, Antonio Banderas in that? Yeah, 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 that was the dad, I think. Antonio Banderas is the clean cut guy, right? Yeah, yeah, he's the he's the dad. Yeah, Uh, yeah, and then Machete. (laughs) <laughs> machete is the uncle or yeah. like he's yeah and then machete kills alexa was in too and uh yeah oh, but it's just sick dude like having this interview was so full circle especially getting to talk about this book what if love is the point living for jesus in a self-consumed world I got a I've, what what if love what is if? The yes i just tell us what I, I mean what if it is what if it is right i mean at the end of the day all Jesus talks about is loving your neighbor and loving mm. your enemy. It's it's that's the full that's that's a full circle right there. I mean, that's the yin and the yang. There sorry. you go. <laughs> but it really is. Sorry, conservatives. Your- yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Evangelicals. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Nah, <laughs> sorry. But Dude, it's- Lord, forgive us. It's hilarious just getting to have these full circle interviews with people that we grew up listening to and watching on TV and now getting to do something impactful and getting to share their stories. Like they've been able to portray other people in film and um, TV shows and et cetera. And now we get to hear about their real life stories. Her and her husband, Carlos, to live in Hawaii with their three kids. And uh, Carlos is currently um, out on tour with his boy band that started on Nickelodeon called Big Time Rush. So the whole family is out on a Prevo, living the rock star life right now. And uh, they've got a very successful YouTube channel and they're doing it as adults, as Christian adults, Christian conservative adults living in Hollywood. And (laughs) it's super encouraging to see like no matter what side of the political spectrum that you sit on. They're putting out content for everybody. It's not just like, hey, we're going to make conservative movies. We're going to make Christian movies. Like, no, like they're actively making great content for people of all walks of life to and it's enjoy. Got good, it's got a good message behind it. So you it does know. have a good message behind it. And, and they're working on stuff right now that has like a biblical message to it, but it's not pushing it down people's throat. It's content for the world, but with a wholesome moral message to it, which I think is 100%. That's really good stuff. And, uh, I, I really like to look at the book and uh, give that a read. I think that's yeah. going to be a good one because, well, you know, I, it's, it's so funny because for a long time, you know, I came up, you know, I had my past and all of that, but even after I got, you know, post drug addiction and, and into recovery, you know, I got lost in some movements and things like that. And, and it's easy to get hype and angry and polarizing and, uh, or to get bitter about something in case something happens to you along the way, which it does. It's called life. Um, but you know, when I, when I was trying to process and just come, you know, really find something that was going to give my life meaning and purpose, what I found is I was lacking love and compassion, not only for myself or for others, I mean, but also for myself and, and uh, even for the people, you know, I remember one time I was a specific group of people I was pretty bitter about and, uh, you know, I just kept talking to the Lord and, and the Lord's just like, what did I say in the Bible? Love your enemies. 
And that's the way you're going to get through this. Cause I kept saying, Lord, how am I going to get past this? And he was like, compassion. And it was a beautiful thing. So anything that has to do with that, man, it's going to be good. And it's going to be food for the soul. It is food for the soul. And that and so much more. I'm excited that we get to continue putting out this content that honestly was influenced by when I was a kid, I used to watch interviews with my favorite artists and my favorite entertainers and find I found a good bit of peace in that, especially in my uh, elementary, middle and high school years, just having those voices of people that I look up to be able to share their thoughts and their stories and the things that help them keep going. And now on the flip side, here's an adult, we're able to provide that for so many more people. And that's literally all there is to it. It's not like a cash grab or anything like that. As you know, more than anybody else, like it takes a village to put this on. So like now that we're even talking about that, like, Myself, you, Bernard Woods, who's been my producer for over two years now, Mary Nickel, who handles all the press and descriptions and anything written on the public side, Uh, Colby Crosby, uh, Tyler Byers, Jerob and Josh Bramlett. It takes a team to put this on, and it's phenomenal to just be able to sit here and create something for people to just – the only purpose behind it is to just try to encourage somebody. So thank you for being a part of it. And everybody that we just listed are A-class people. That oh, yeah. They're, they're freaking, they're, I don't know how to explain it. They're like matriarch and patriarchs of their, of their whatever it is that they're doing, their field, yeah. their craft. I mean, and there's more, there's more oh, yeah, people that I can't going think of. Going and going. But I, I'll tell you this, um, you know, I think one of the most fascinating things about you in my in my view, Uh-oh. your ability uh, to to network with these individuals and to casually get them to do things and knock out these epic big projects and things like that with what seems like ease. And so a lot of people, they had to struggle for that. And you're able to pull in these incredibly talented people. And, and, and they all work together. And so I, I just, I, that's one of my favorite things about you. I, I like to sit back sometimes and just watch you work or listen to you when you think I'm not listening to you Yeah, and just watch you just kind of talk with people and easy, go back and forth and, and, and just flow into things. And, and that's remarkable, man. Well, it, it all comes with your support system. Like you and I are in business together. Mary's in business with us. Like all of these people are doing such phenomenal things and they're using their crafts to piece all this stuff together. So it's not something that I'm doing. It literally comes, it comes (laughs) with a support system though. Like, Oh, (laughs) it's just, it's forgiven. Forgive him, Lord. Forgive him. But man, there's so many. What? I literally do, but praise God that I'm not feeling it. But there's so yeah, much yeah. amazing content coming on the way. In the next two weeks, we've got some crazy interviews happening. But um, we're also starting to piece together that little event that is on that tour poster beside you. Uh, last year was Whoa. called Choose Life. We don't know what it's going to be called this year. Um, and there's going to be some really remarkable individuals that have already committed to being a part of it. So 
Be sure to let Dude. your friends know about Trevor Talks. Let them know that what we're doing here is for them. Like we're not making it for one side of the political aisle. A lot's been going on politically, religiously, etc. We're not here to shove anything oh, yeah. down anybody's throats. We just want you to know Rough that you're loved. You have purpose. And great week too. What's the last thing? Yeah. Ah, nothing. I just keep talking over your talking and it makes me think of stuff. And so I'm just like weighing in as you're talking, kind of like cliff notes. I'm like, yeah, it's a tough week. Oh, wait, wait, wait. It's also a good week too, you know, depending on what side of the Dude, spectrum you speaking, are. But, speaking of cliff notes, Cliff Jefferson, bro. Ah, yeah. Oh, Cliffy Cliff. We uh, love Cliff, man. He's one we of my cliff, favorite but- people. In the world. I want to check out that book though. So Alexa, if you're watching this, you know, go ahead, you know, sign that little John or Jane. Well, guess what? And, and send it my way. <laughs> well, guess what? I've already pre-ordered it on Audible, and I'm pretty sure that we have a few oh, copies coming in the mail. So everybody that's listening. Yeah, yeah, her and Carlos, because they co-authored it together. Uh-huh. Oh, that's gonna be awesome. So At least one of us together. has read some of it. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> You know, I'm just that sometimer that no, comes this up from isn't the my basement. job. <laughs> That's no. why it's called Brian Talks. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> nah, but this is sick, dude. Thank you for being a part of this after show with me. And for everybody yeah, listening, bro. again, remember that there's so many resources out there available to you if you're struggling with your mental health or maybe even an eating disorder like Alexa opened up about. Remember that there's so many resources readily available at this current moment as you're listening to this over with our friends at death the life which is death the number two life.com heart support.com um yeah like there's so many amazing resources beneath the skin we're going to put all the links in the description below as well as for alexa and carlos youtube channel the book and all of the things related to them but brian what are your closing thoughts my closing thoughts are how was your week? <laughs> it's really, it's not really a closing thought. I kept when I was like to myself, I was like, I wonder how his week was. And, and of course, you could say, well, we were here, but they don't know. So, how was they how was your know. week aside from COVID? And what's tell me something cool that's happening in Trevi's world that we may not know. Well, since we're gonna keep this conversation going on a real note, uh, this past week you saw firsthand. I did not handle this bout with COVID. Um, very well with my immune system and I'm not a baby. It was something like that. We had had to get his bottle warm at like eight 30, eight 15 at night, every, every night. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Nah, you handled it like a champ. No No worse than one of those things. Like how many times have I had COVID at this point is up in the air. Like I, I I, I I literally don't know. I figure it's like, it's like Pokemon. You got to collect all the different various ones. And that's not to be like insensitive, but like, it seems like no. in the line of work that Trev, Trevor, Trevor and, and I are in, we're constantly dealing with people on a public level. And it seems like every other week yeah. we're coming home with a different variant. <laughs> I'm saying so. Yeah, collect them I, all. Positive tests. I've had four. Gosh, I have been sick incredible. way more than that. But you know oh, what? Yeah. Fauci, if you're listening to this, Let's have a conversation because I don't, don't, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Praise God. But we love you all so much. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, so much more fun content coming soon. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye now. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? 
Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafund.com to listen and subscribe.